Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a peanut, and I love films. As Charlotte Bronte once said, I am no bird and no net ensnares me. I am a free human being with an independent will. You cannot tell me that Bad Santa 2 is all bad. You cannot. I was just happy to see the old gang back together again. Wow, who knew Charlotte Bronte would back Bad Santa 2 so hard? If anything, it makes me respect her more. Good luck to her. Well done. Every week, I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Sharon Stone, Kevin Smith, James Acaster, and even Bed Grambles. But this week, it's the brilliant stand-up comedian, Jenny Johnson. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get an extra 15 minutes with Jenny, where we chat about openings and closings. She tells a very embarrassing secret. You also get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Your two TV missions, as always, if you haven't done these yet, are to watch season one of Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus app and season one of Soulmates on Amazon Prime. One will make you happy, the other will make you question your relationships. So, Jenny Johnson. Jenny Johnson is a very, very, very funny stand-up comedian, actor, writer, podcaster who I met when I was in LA, Los Angeles, for those of you who don't know the abbreviation. She has her own podcast. She writes. She acts. She's very good. She's very, very funny. I was excited to do this one. We recorded this a few weeks back. She was brilliant and you will love her. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 146 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a writer, an actor, a Twitterer, a podcaster, a hoster, and most of all, one of the great stand-up comedians. Please welcome to the show the wonderful, the brilliant, the amazing, it's Jenny Johnson! Thank you! I see the Muppets behind you and I want to do the like, ah! <laughs> That's a really good impression, actually. You yeah. got the arms. Yeah. I'm a bit of a fan. That's That just tugged at my heartstrings. Just letting yeah. you know. Mm, just keep that between us. But obviously that already you're 10 points ahead. Okay. Jenny Johnson, we've met once before. Twice? Yeah. Once. I, I was trying to remember. We've done, was it, we did stand up together. And I, yeah. I want to say it was twice, but maybe. We it was did the Stafford. Ice House. What? Oh, it was Flappers. It was Flappers. But I think we did at Ice House. I feel like we did two shows. Um, maybe we did. But I saw you at Flappers in Burbank. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And you were fucking funny. And you did a joke about the royal family that was really funny. And I was like, <laughs> she's fucking funny. And um, anyway, how are you? You're in L.A.? I'm in L.A. Yes, I've, you know, been on house arrest for a year, like everyone. <laughs> how, are you, how are you dealing with that? It's a lot. I have to tell you, like it, you know, mentally is it's a challenge, but you know, you, you just have to think everyone's going through it. It's not just yeah. like, oh, this is just happening to me. It's like, this yeah. is a, a global thing. And, you know, I'm hanging in there doing a lot of virtual comedy shows. So that's a, yeah. How is your, I, I, I've done a few of these. How are you uh, finding them? Happy to be doing them, but it's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
I, I probably will have a lot of stand-up material based on me doing a year's worth of virtual shows. Yeah. Because people no. have just, you know, like you're you're doing you're on Zoom and you'll look and you're like, okay, so that guy's just not wearing a shirt, so that's something. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just yeah. in bed, okay, that's you know, oh, that guy's yeah. eating spaghetti, or you know, this guy's taking his phone into the toilet to take a shit. Right. He didn't want to miss any. Fine. Right. Like my favorite was there was a guy that I saw just ripping bong hits throughout my entire <laughs> show. You could see him smoke like billowing up and, and he would mute himself and like violently cough and then unmute himself. And he like he would laugh. He was a great audience member and he was having the time of his life. But <laughs> it's like, man, this is not do you do you talk to do you talk to the people in the zoom boxes as in do you go hey you bonghead or whatever yeah i do a little bit i'm not one for crowd work like even yeah. like when i'm on stage i usually just want to do my my set mm-hmm. i don't want to open the door for people to start <laughs> shouting things but because the zoom shows are such a weird it's such a bizarre thing that i'm like yeah hey what's up <laughs> and I'll, if somebody's doing something i'll go do you want to you know Finish yelling at your kid? I could see that that's happening. Uh, I I think the biggest key to it is of all the different virtual shows I've done, you have a different person that's hosting or producing it. Mm. So they have their different set of rules. And I've done a lot of them through Flappers, actually. They've they've had a a bunch of, yeah. And um, and they do a great job. I've done a few different people's shows where like off the top, you're like, okay, audience members, just... We want to be respectful to the comics, so everyone mute yourselves so that they can hear. And you're like, oh, wait, God. wait. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to do like 30 minutes, or I'm about to do like 45. Oh, or so you're telling me I'm going to hit that punchline, and she's going to be mm. quiet. Hey, everyone, be respectful. Mute yourself so she feels like she's dying. Okay. Yeah. Look at how pathetic this all is to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> do you do it? Do you do it sitting down, just at your desk? Uh, I, I do. I just decided because, you know, what would make it seem the least like, you know, you're, you're, you obviously have a podcast and everything. And I'm like, if I just kind of treat it like that and do a little more storytelling, you know, yeah. make it feel like almost like a podcast in a way that I'm just like yeah. having a conversation versus like, so I'm walking around the corner the other day. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden my dog starts bringing me toys or something. You're like, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a real, it is a real thing where, yeah, I've, to pull it off, you have to make it not look like stand-up because the more it looks like stand-up, the madder it is that you're doing it over Zoom in your attic, I find. Yeah. I'm saying you as in me. Like, I go, <laughs> it, it looks, it's, yeah, like a weird thing of, you can't just pretend you're on a stage doing a thing because right. they can quite clearly see you're in your attic. <laughs> or, or don't do the virtual backdrop of the stage. And you're like a floating head because it looks like a green screen situation behind <laughs> yeah. you. And you're going, no one thinks you're on stage at Flappers, you know, just take the. <laughs> just take <laughs> yeah. But some people, I mean, everybody, everybody's does their thing, you know, does it differently. I just figure like just less is more and try to make yeah. it the least strange looking. <laughs> I was genuinely thinking today, I was wondering if when it, when we're allowed to do real gigs with real people in real life, mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll all. Because part of me was like, oh, we'll all be so rusty because we haven't done it with with in real yeah. in real world terms. But on the other hand, part of me is like, we've also so used to the sound of silence now, much right. more than we were in clubs, that maybe yeah. it will make us tougher. Like as if yeah. maybe we'll be like, oh, that joke didn't work or believe it did because we're used to doing right. Zoom gigs to silence. It's not you know me. I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not me. It's the connection. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's certainly a, uh, I feel like it'll toughen us up at least. Yeah. By the time, <laughs> you know, we'll, oh, we'll just be so grateful to be there. Yeah. And I haven't done any live shows. And I know some people that have done like parking lots and they've done, yeah. you know, they've these social right. distance shows. But you're in a, a venue, you know, that holds 500 people and there's, yeah. you know, 20 people there spread out all over wearing masks. And I don't know like the, how much that would throw me off just to look out yeah. and see people Space. just spread apart you know and you can't see them smiling they're wearing masks so it's just like yeah. you know like you're yeah. a kid getting your appendix taken out but it's just a bunch of surgeons just floating eyes do your floating right. eyes enjoy this comedy oh god 
It's like, I can't tell. Are you laughing or you want to kill me? Your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're about to perform surgery on me. What is it? <laughs> I do miss it, but I'm also like, I'm, I'm worried. If I've said this on a podcast and you've heard me say this before, I apologize. But I'm slightly worried that when stand-up does come back in real world, that audiences will be fucking insane. Like, because as much as we're not used to doing it, with, they're not used to not being in their front room and being able to talk all the time and just be, right. do you know what I mean? Like, I'm one, yeah. I'm worried it'll be like fucking feral and it'll just be blah, blah from the audience <laughs> and, and you, there'll be no way to control them because everyone's forgotten how to behave in groups. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, it's like everyone's going to need a social etiquette class coming out of this. Like we've yeah. all forgot how to behave around other humans and interact with people. It's like somebody's just going to be shouting whatever pops into their yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Like a bunch of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know? Yeah, it'll be crazy. I keep saying I, I can't have dinner with anyone because I haven't learned... It's been so long since I've eaten in public, do you know what I mean? Or in a social situation that I'm now, I'm now just a fucking caveman who just fucking right. everywhere. Yeah, it's but like, I, I forgot how to do brunch. Like, what, what, <laughs> like, somebody tell me how to do brunch again? Like, do I make an, like an appointment or, or is it a reservation? <laughs> like, do I need to go? They just start eating off of other people's tables. Like, what's the, what's the common courtesy? <laughs> I just oh, feel shit. like it's going to be this weirdest social, like, I just actually read this article in the New York Times talking about people's like mental state, you know, and, and how, you know, it's like people just saying like, God, I have no ambition. It's like, I could barely pull it together for Zoom meeting. (laughs) This is how everybody's like, just any enthusiasm has been sucked away that we're all just like, I have to put (sighs) chapstick on to do it. (laughs) You know, Oh, I got to go from that room to that room to do something. It's going to be interesting. I'm, but I'm I'm grateful that hey we're getting vaxxed and that's like a step in the right direction. Even though what a weird thing to get the vaccine and you're like, great, this is going to help me and you're shivering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in your bed. Fuck, it's going to help me in 48 hours, right? When I feel better. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's, you want to feel like you're going to die first, right? Before you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jenny, that reminds me. I forgot to tell you something. Ah, oh, shit. I oh, know we were a bit rushed starting. I probably should have told you this at the beginning. Ah, oh, fuck. I completely forgot. It just slipped my mind, actually. It's mad. Because it's quite a big thing and I should have... Uh. Is it bad news? It depends on your point of view, I suppose. I'll just say it and okay. we'll take it from there, I guess. And look, I'm, okay. I'm, here, I'm here for you. Okay. So don't I feel like it's going to be bad. Okay. Panic. Okay. Some pe- for some people it's te- it's terrible, and for other people it's okay. a relief. Uh, you've you've died. I was afraid you were going to say that. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I thought so, but I was pr- I was prepared, and I know it was. Uh, I know, I know. How did you die? It was actually a uh, corporate Zoom gig. That <laughs> I did. <laughs> That'll do it. That was a corporate Zoom gig. I was I was paid handsomely to. Mm. Uh, perform for an, an, an entire corporation, and they uh, they paid me for three hours Zoom stand up. Yeah, three hours, no host, no you know, and they want audience muted. Mm. We want to make sure to hear mm. the comic. And uh, right when I got up there, like I told this my opener, which I thought was great. I, it was about like watching a commercial for you know, like call this number now to talk to real live eighteen year old girls. You know, one of those like. Mm. And and I said, like, who wants to talk to an 18-year-old girl, you know? Like, have you never talked to an 18? It's the worst experience of your life, you know? Like, yeah. no. And then I looked and realized that the corporate gig was all for the interns. So I was literally talking to all 18-year-olds. So I had just insulted the entire audience, and I had... Two hours and 55 minutes left, which began me. I felt my left arm start to go a little bit. When you hear someone say like a comic slowly died on stage, I slowly died over a three-hour period. And right before my last closing joke, it just fade to black. So you didn't even finish your punchline? I didn't get to the punchline. So, yeah, I insulted the entire audience. And then right 
before I was about to hit the punchline. Very slowly died. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, what a way to go. Yeah, one of like, one of the one of the one of the most horrific deaths we've had on this podcast. Uh-huh. Do you worry about death? I do, you know, because it's the unknown. What's going to happen? Everybody has a lot of thoughts. Where mm-hmm. do you go? And I think if I can let myself think about every different option, oh, reincarnation—you go to heaven, whatever. What if you're just a person that believes that just nothing happens? Which to me, that's more terrifying <laughs> than anything to think nothing. Is that happens. the one you believe? You just no. That's the one that if I hear somebody say that, that's what it is. And you know, people that believe that love to tell you that too. Mm. They love to like you know tell you right in the middle of a happy story, like, hey, you know, when you die, that's it. No, <laughs> that's it just so lights true. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can't wait to be the bearer of bad news. Like, oh, do you believe that you're going to be okay? Mm-hmm. You're not. Like, no. There's nothing. It's going to be bad. They can't wait to tell you. I believe that uh, there's a whole other world. We start with something new, mm-hmm. and it's better, bigger, and better. That's what I want to believe. So it's like a new level, new level up. Yeah. You level up. Yeah. It's like uh, in a video game. You level up. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you ever level down depending on how well you did on this level? I think so. Yeah, that's a big thing. I'm, I'm saying I level up because I'm such a lovely person that I just sure, want to assume that. But there I was, there I died, I died performing for people. That's like a hero, right? Yeah, you were, you were doing the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> what about... I know the word hero, hero gets thrown around a lot. But, yeah. but that's the true definition. That's the true definition. Any other thoughts on that? I have a lot of like different thoughts that I hear from people, but I think that when it comes down to what I believe or what I'm choosing to or hoping, I would rather just stick with my... I'm going to use your level up. <laughs> you level up, okay. Yeah, if, if you did, if you got enough points in level one, and I feel like I had enough points that I could go level up. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, well, I've got, I've got news for you. There's actually a heaven. It's not really a level up. It's more of a completely different game. Uh, it's a heaven. It's pretty nice. It's pretty, pretty easy life up there. It's filled with your favorite things. What's your favorite thing? My very favorite thing? Mm-hmm. My dog? It's got it's got your dog, but as if your dog was cloned a billion times, and everywhere you look is your dog. So there's a a billion Deweys. There's a billion Deweys, and in this heaven of a billion Deweys, they are obsessed <laughs> with films. Well, that's perfect. Why not? Why not? And they want to talk about your life, but through film. And the first thing they ask you is, "What's the first film you remember seeing, Jenny Johnson?" <laughs> the Muppet Movie is the first film I remember Shut seeing. The Muppet Movie. The Muppet Shut movie, up. yeah. Shut yeah. up. Best Muppet answer movie. ever. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> the Muppet movie is the first movie. All right. You can level up. I fully remember seeing, and I've seen it. I probably watched it in this past year, maybe 10 times. <laughs> what was, how did you see it? You see it at the cinema or in your, in your life? Where, where did you see it? I uh, watched it at the house with when I was a kid with my, I have a sister two years older than me named Amy and, and my mom, my dad, and we all watched it. I just remember like watching it at the house and it being on and that just being like, just starting off in the swamp, Rainbow Connection. And I just had me hook, line and sinker. I was obsessed with the Muppet movie. How old were you then when this happened? Do you remember? Uh, I must have been maybe four. And I, not only was it like the first movie I remember seeing, but it was the first movie I fell in love with. I mean, I was just obsessed with the Muppets and of course, all the Muppet films. I celebrate the whole catalog. <laughs> Love the yeah. Muppets. Watched everything. So I feel like I started off really strong, being that being the first movie that I ever remember seeing. That's so great. Can I? Well, why don't I let you? I've talked about the Muppets in uh, enough. But what is it for you? What is so great about the Muppets? Can you articulate it? It's something that the, the Muppets have ne- never have they ever made me unhappy. Like I can just literally see a picture of the Muppets and I get, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm so happy if there's, I, you know, on Disney, on, there's the Disney plus app and they've yeah. like been all that I have been so happy with that. They just, yeah. there's everything about it is the most upbeat, the music, the the characters, the voices. And I, I love, oh, you know, Dr. Teeth and the band. <laughs> like Dr. I was, Teeth. yeah, such Dr. a fan. Teeth's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Oh, the, God, the Swedish chef. 
one of my yeah. personal faves. So everything, I can just watch it and it, there's nothing that makes me unhappy about it. There's not a negative when watching anything that is Muppet related. And I think that's what makes me a big soft warm spot for the Muppets. You've, you've got me. You've got me. You've got me bang to rights. What a wonderful <laughs> first film. That's the best answer we've had to first film, for the record. What is uh, the film that scared you the most? I get scared. I, I don't like scary movies. I never have. Okay. You know, some people like, oh, good. There's, um, you know, Saw 1 through 20. Great. I want to, I don't, and it's not like bloody gore stuff. It's the unknown. It's the just psychological, you know. So when I was in college, when the Blair Witch Project came out, and there was this, right when it came out, everyone was saying it was real. Like, yeah, this yeah. really yeah. happened, these college kids. Yeah, so, and this was pre-social media, and, you know, no one knew that that was just this rumor that got started. So when I was in college, um, me and a few of my friends, like, we all went and watched it, believing it to be true. And, you know, like, I, mm. <laughs> I waited tables when I was in college, and, like, people I worked with were like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I haven't slept for two days. I just saw it. And I also went to college with my sister. And at, during that time, it was my sister, Amy, and then we had another roommate named Lana. We all went to it. It scared the living shit out of I mean, I, I really thought, like, this had happened. I, oh, my God. But I was traumatized. And there was parts in the, in the movie where, like, oh, they're in the tent. You see these hands, like, mm. running up and down the tent. And then you, they stick their head outside, and there's no one out there. My sister's such an asshole in the shower curtain and then hear her hands would come like, ah, like, <laughs> she completely mocked and knew that I was terrified of it. Yeah. Completely didn't let it go. Even when it came out that it was just a movie, I was like traumatized by, you know, the, there's like the whole scene where they said the Blair Witch makes the kids like face the wall yeah. before they, you know, and, and you see this last shot where that guy's facing the wall that haunts me to this day like i know it was a movie i know it wasn't real yeah so that the blair witch project that was it hands down are you and i was actually going to ask if you and amy were still close she sounds like um a bad oh we are no she's terrible but yeah yeah what does that what does what does amy do uh, well, Amy is, she's back in Texas and she is a payroll manager and for different companies, she's like the fixer that goes in for different companies, fixes oh, nice. all their problems. <laughs> she's a like freelance person, but like a financial Mary Poppins. Yeah. And she's mom to, yeah, my nephew, Jack, who's awesome. He's a cool uh, little guy. Well, that's nice. What, um, what film made you cry the most, Jenny Johnson? To say like that, that's kind of a toss up. I love the movie Rudy. Yeah. Like a big fan, Sean Astin playing. And I tell you, every time, it, without fail, when they let him play at the end, I am like inconsolable. I, I have to like step away. <laughs> it's like, I, I know it's coming. I shouldn't be yeah. that shocked or whatever. But when he runs in, when they're chanting Rudy, I'm like, I'm going to get emotional now. I was like, that. I'm chanting Rudy like every time I will be so because it's such a it's like it's not sad it's like such a feel-good yeah. story that like it just it tugged at my heartstrings every time so yeah Rudy <laughs> great hacks is back for season three and so is the official hacks podcast in each episode hacks creators Lucia and yellow Paul W Downs and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Good have it. What is the film that people don't like? It's not critically acclaimed, generally gets a bad rep, but you are like, 
this film's amazing and everyone's an idiot. I feel like that's probably most, a lot of films that I like. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I really loved, we talked about this before, there, there's, it's kind of a toss up, but I, I love Grease too. That was Jesus. one that I love Grease too, but I'm going to go with the Reno 911 movie. Oh, great answer. <laughs> really, really yeah. good answer. That is not a critically acclaimed film in any yeah. way. And I, and it, it comes on, I'll still watch it. I think I never didn't understand why, mm. because that show was so funny and the movie was just a love letter to the show. I thought yeah. it hit every mark. I thought it was fantastic. So I'm going to go with the Reno 911 movie. I just have to ask, because I think people, regular listeners will be asking, have you listened to this podcast a lot? And if so, are you deliberately saying Grease 2 and the Muppets to get huge, huge points with me? No, I didn't. I didn't know the Muppet thing until we just sat down and I saw the poster behind you. But if you look, (laughs) I'll show you that I had it already written down. (laughs) Yeah, we'll need some evidence because you're making this whole thing look rigged. A quick question about the Muppet on the subject of Muppets. Because okay. I think there's a direct correlation. Do you think you're a stand-up because of the Muppets? I've never thought about that. I think that I, I'm in comedy entertainment, certainly, because of the Muppets. Like, yeah. something that entertained me so much, made, and it made me so happy. And then having that, like, oh, I want to make other people yeah. happy. And then, <laughs> I don't know if there was something with, like, the way that Fonzie always bombed. Like, I love that he was a terrible comic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he... He was a terrible comic and he always, you know, had garbage thrown at him and everything. But he still like, he, he yeah. still walked off like, I nailed it. I walk off. <laughs> like, yeah. there was just such a positive influence. So, yeah, I, I would say that that probably was a contributing factor in some way, for sure. That's the, the thing. They're all bad. They're all bad at their jobs, the Muppets, but they love, they love them and they're just excited to do them. But none yeah. of them are g- good at their jobs. No, <laughs> they all kind of tend to mess it up, but they they make such an impact lovingly with the people that they encounter. Yeah. That they're just you know, doing they're, their best, and they're very very happy yeah. and full of joy. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that they're not good. Yeah, it just it just brings you joy, and like they've never not made me happy. Like I can just it, it's impossible. I love I love 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 the Muppets, and I also love Greece too unapologetically love Grease too. Oh, I mean, I'm only not making a big deal because I seem to make a big deal about Grease 2 every week and I don't want to bore people, but Grease 2 is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. As a matter of fact, you can go if you want. There, I wrote a tweet years ago that said, I tweeted that I was a Grease 2 girl living in a Grease 1 world. And I tweeted that like <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> yes, and I have uh, even a video on my Instagram from years ago of me like having a friend over and I was getting a step ladder to do something and I couldn't not cool rider that shit up the step ladder. <laughs> and, so I, and then had to do the whole, I had the greatest, whole dance down. Greatest step ladder in movie history. That yeah. step ladder should have got an Oscar. Um, it should have gotten an Oscar. I've, I've never met in a step ladder that didn't get the cool rider treatment from me. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing else to do. I've never understood what else a stepladder is for, having seen Grease 2. Right. <laughs> what is the film that you used to love? You loved it, but then you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, no, this doesn't hold up. Okay, this movie, it doesn't hold up. I mean, I still will watch it, but now I'm watching it with those adult jaded eyes that are like, that, you know, come on, is Top Gun. Like loved, <laughs> I love yeah. Top Gun. I'm not saying that I don't, but watching it with even the slightest level of knowledge about how the military works <laughs> and how <laughs> you know pilots <laughs> and yeah. and you know proper protocols and everything, like they they didn't play that much volleyball. Mm-hmm. What I actually thought was like, man, when that the sex scene, remember that came out and like, I'm, you know, a little kid and watching that in the Berlin, take my breath away, that song's playing everything. And then you watch it now and you're going, that is the worst sex scene in a movie. <laughs> I've never, I, there is no chemistry between these yeah. two people. <laughs> like, is it, did I hit like slow motion on my, you know, like, <laughs> is it? Like, this is the worst sex scene ever and it just and, you know maverick's an asshole and, and god so like it doesn't it's still something if it comes on i'll watch it but it doesn't hold up the way that like seeing it 
the first time and just being like, my God, what a world these people live in. This is so insane. But there is definitely a lot less volleyball in the real right. I'm sure. <laughs> as much shirtless volleyball, yeah. That's fair. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but because of the experience you had around seeing it that will always make it special to you. I think when I first watched um, the movie Tombstone. Yeah, um, love Tombstone. Love Tombstone. And right when like Tombstone came out, the movie White Earp also came out. And it was, you know, in the same way that like Deep Impact Armageddon, there was like these two, but the White Earp, VHS at the time was like the double one. It was like so long that it took two VHS cassettes. And, you know, it starts off with a little boy running across the field and you're like, oh my God, that's wider. When are we going to get to the... <laughs> <laughs> we got a fucking long way to go. Right. And then I watch Tombstone and we're like, boom, it starts off. <laughs> we're, you know, on horses going down. But that story, and I don't know if it's like growing up in Texas or whatever, but I was just enamored with that story and the way that it was told. And because it was something that was based on a true story and the way the characters were done. And like, remember, I even wrote my uh, a thesis when I was in college on the gunfight at the OK Corral, just based mm-hmm. on having been so like into watching Tombstone. And I, I don't know what it was about it. I used to watch it like my senior year of high school. If I on the weekends would go out and come back, I would watch like let me watch Tombstone again. Like <laughs> I would watch mm. Tombstone like, almost every night for wow. whatever reason. But it just for some reason it made me kind of interested in history and it made me like, you know, I ended up writing another like paper only like Bonnie and Clyde and I kind of just got into that that world wow. and it was because of Tombstone. So like that has a special a special place in my heart. What do you think it was the 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 characters or the or just the whole yeah it, it? it was the the characters and just what an interesting world like the the way that the the law was seen you know it's like mm. oh well here I'll take this sheriff's badge off and now I can do whatever oh I'll put that back on and that's cool like there is really no mm. aggressive law you could just go shoot someone because he called you a liar you know <laughs> that, yeah yeah like. So that whole that whole world of trying to take down, you know, the cowboys versus the good guys, but even the good guys really aren't great, mm. you know, but you're rooting for them. And of course, the Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer character is one of the like greatest characters, yeah. I think, of all time. I just I mean, I just I don't know. I fell in love with that movie, the way the story was told, the way that, you know, when I ended up writing that paper and doing all the research I did. And it was like there was a, you know, for the most part, I, it was really accurate versus the oh, way really? that. Okay. Yeah. Based on, you know, except for uh, Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday's woman was not that attractive in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so had you watched Wyatt Earp first? Yeah, I did. Interesting. I attempted to. So, I, yeah, I watched that first and I was like, this is horrible man this thing it was never ending and then i was like i want to watch to like however i went to watch right. tombstone and i was kind of like apprehensive about it because i thought this my first go around with wider was yeah. i wasn't terribly entertained and then i watched that and was like like just blown away i thought it was great right. that is excellent and it has never come up on this show before what's the film you most relate to i don't know i i you know i i think that i would say not that I, it's going to sound like a weird movie when I say it, but bear with me. I liked Beetlejuice. I fucking love Beetlejuice. Go on. Like everything about the movie Beetlejuice. Each, there was something that about each character in Beetlejuice that I could, you could relate to each character in a weird way. Like the, the couple that dies, the family moving in, the daughter that's, you know, Beetlejuice even in a weird way. But it's like each character had something that you could like, you could relate to. You could look and, you know, of course... I feel like when I look back, Catherine O'Hara makes so many appearances in almost all my favorite <laughs> movies. Yeah. Like, and she, you know, you forget like her role is Delia, the the mom wanting to do everything. It's like she's not a terrible person. She just believes what she's doing is right. We'll have mm. we'll fix this place up. We'll do this. The husband doesn't, you know, want that. You've got one owner writer who's like the goth teen that isn't you know, at all. No one, no one in there is really mean. They're just these, like, they all think they're doing the right thing. Like they all think they know what's best. It's like, there's something about watching Beetlejuice that it just makes me happy. It's also funny. And it's such a one of a kind, unique film. That is a fantastic answer. Actually, that is fantastic, Jenny Johnson. What is the sexiest film 
you've ever seen? The sexiest film I have to say was to me was always The Crow. Great, it's a great film. The Crow, the Crow was always and and I'll tell you this would have been (laughs) this was my move in high school and I didn't have a whole lot of them, but it would be like, hey, if you know. boyfriend at the time you want to go to blockbuster and rent a movie you know we'll watch a movie tonight yeah. and i'd be like hey we should just like rent the crow you know <laughs> even though it already <laughs> because i thought it was like a sexy movie you know it's like rainy and dark and the music was really great and and the whole story behind it is so tragic that bruce lee's mm. son brandon lee you know died in, during the making of this movie and so watching it I'd be like, oh, my God, it's so sad that he died, too. Did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Stone Temple Pilots songs come in on, like, what? That's cool. So that was my, uh, yeah. So you were using Brandon Brandon Lee's death to get laid. That's not what you're supposed to take away from that. <laughs> that is the clear takeaway. No, it wasn't even day. to get laid. This is this is what's worse. It wasn't even to get laid. I was like 14, 15. It was like maybe closing in on a, you know, a lingered hug. <laughs> it wasn't even <laughs> It wasn't even that good but in my head like oh Yeah. Come on um, over. We'll watch some crow and uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch the crow it's so sad. Mm. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jenny Johnson, there's a subcategory to this question. Troubling boners, worrying why dons. Is there a film you found arousing that you weren't sure you should? Well, probably <laughs> The Crow could also fit into that category. Yeah, it's I'd not <laughs> exactly a look. There was like some aggressive things. I remember watching like Batman for the first time. Michael mm-hmm. Keaton, And Michael Keaton is Batman. I don't like. Agreed. Just, 100% agreed. Yeah. And, and again, you know, that's also Tim Burton. He... I realize like I'm a huge Tim, you know, mm-hmm. Tim Burton fan. But that first Batman, like, you know, I just remember going, okay, this is like, why do I feel like all tingly feeling? <laughs> you know, like him and Kim Basinger. And I was just like this. And then he's even putting on this rubber, you know, mm-hmm. bat. Like, if you think about it, how ridiculous, what person would be like, cool, that guy that dresses up, you know, yeah. like a bat. But that movie, I just thought it was, there was something that was like, this is a like a com based on a comic book. Am I supposed to be like finding this? You know, <laughs> am I supposed to have these weird little burning feelings yeah. in my cheeks and everything watching this? But yeah, the first Batman was like a weird. That's great. Yeah, that's great. And then of course, uh, grump, grumpy old man too. By the way, grumpy old man too is hot as fuck, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, but you probably get that answer constantly. Yeah. Well, you've got the grumpy old man, but you, you've also got you got Sophia Loren and. Uh... What's her name? Anne Margaret. I mean, that's a hot, yeah. hot fucking movie. What's yeah. the what's the objectively the greatest film of all time? Airplane. Correct. You can have that. Yeah, Airplane. Um, Beginning to end, it like it's never. I can watch Airplane and still find things like that I didn't catch before. Like that's yeah. what that movie's brilliant to me. What's the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? I have seen unapologetically will watch yeah. get him to the Greek every single time it's on. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I really, I, it, it, it's it, for some reason, like if it's on and I'm flipping through the channels and I just mm-hmm. leave it, I'll watch the whole thing again. I'll still, uh, it's for whatever reason entertains me from beginning to end. Yeah. Jonah Hill is magnificent in that. I would say. Uh, he's fantastic. It, it's just something, like, I don't know what it is about that movie, but it's just from beginning to end, it has you. Like, it doesn't have, like, a a dip in it where you go, like, okay, pick back up again. Come on. You know, it's, like, <laughs> consistently holds my attention. So, yeah, it's such a ridiculous movie to say, but get him to the great. Now, I don't like to be negative, Jenny Johnson, so we do it fairly quickly. Okay. What's the worst film you've ever seen? I have to say it was... The movie The Village. The Village, really? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I don't hate it. I just, I didn't get it. Like, it never made sense to me. Like, I kept waiting for, like, that big twist that I just yeah. assumed was coming. Because it, mm-hmm. it was, the, you know, like, all right. And then all of a sudden the credits were rolling at the end. I'm like, I just watched that whole movie. And I never, like, what in the hell is this about? <laughs> what did I just... What did I just watch? Like it, it just didn't make any sense to me. I thought it was terrible. So you didn't understand the twist, or you understood it and thought it was stupid. 
yeah, it was like the twist that, you know, I'm expecting, I guess everybody's always going to expect that sixth sense twist. Yeah. And instead it was like the twist was surprise. It's just, this isn't very good. Like that's how. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That is a good twist though. No, it's sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I mean, it, it was somewhat surprising. So. <laughs> uh, I don't hate The Village. It's definitely not his worst film by a long way. By a long, 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 long way. I mean, the happening yeah. is, the twist oh. in the happening is, all of it is <laughs> horrific. I think, I mean, you just, you start off that strong with the six sense, and then you're yeah. like, man, how do you, how do you keep that level of, you know, shock and surprise and, and everyone's just constantly expecting it from you with each of your films. Like you're probably like, I don't know, maybe I was being hard on them because I was expecting, Yeah, you know, the twist. I remember reading an interview with him about the time, around the time of Unbreakable, which I love very much, by the way. And Mm -hmm. he said, he said, I've worked out the formula to make a blockbuster movie that is, fantastic and i will always i i've got the secret he said something like that and then he made progressively worse <laughs> films and i was like what was the formula you never told us yeah. i'd like to check your workings <laughs> because i've just seen the happening what was the formula again yeah can we talk about it a bit yeah can i see the work that you did on that formula <laughs> you, you missed i just want to see the board where you've got all your <laughs> scribblings do you know what i mean i feel like we're gonna do it again and look and you're gonna be like oh that should have been <laughs> i put an x where there should have been a y something's right. happened because you made a film where the wind was the bad guy <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> The wind was the best. You, you made a film where the camera comes towards Mark Wahlberg as if it's on the wind, and he goes, whoa. <laughs> I say this with all due respect. I think he's made an awful lot of excellent films. Yeah, I'm sorry I mean, for making, I'm sorry for making fun. He's, he's laughing all the way to the bank, so I'm not good at it. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. I got nothing but respect. You're in comedy, Jenny Johnson. You're very funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most? Other than Airplane, perhaps. Oh, uh, yeah. Airplane definitely is one. <laughs> I think, uh, probably see the movie Arthur. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you, love a, you love a drunk British guy film. I Maybe I do. Maybe I have a thing. I don't know. But I love the movie Arthur. Like, I think that that is... I can watch it anytime. I will still... <laughs> I know the parts are coming. Like, I know... But it is... Yeah. It's so funny. And it's something that, hilariously, Russell Brand remade. Also, yes. from, from Get Him to the Greek. Maybe there's some weird tie, but yeah. Did you like the the remake? It was okay. I mean, I I'm like have such a soft spot for the the original that it's hard mm. for me to sometimes watch a remake of something that I I love so dearly. You know, it's like watching yeah, Gene yeah. Wilder's Willy Wonka. You know, okay, I watched a oh, yeah. you know Johnny Depp one, which is fine, but it's just like the original. Yeah, can't beat the original. But um, Arthur. Arthur, yeah, Dudley Moore, I absolutely thing was so funny <laughs> and plus that movie if you yeah. if you tried to remake it like shot for shot word for word you couldn't do that at all you think of the conversations that he has like at the off the top of that when he's having dinner with the hooker and she's like telling him about her awful upbringing like my dad did this to me when i was six and and then i did this and he's like so you had six relatively good years like <laughs> 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 I mean, it's such a horrible thing, but I'm like, maybe there's something that's also funny about it because it's so not acceptable now. So when you watch something like that, it's just yeah. so overly not, you know, and I'm not a crazy politically yeah. correct person. I don't, there are certain things that are like, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. You know, you watch something yeah. old, but like Arthur is just, uh, <laughs> what an endearing character for being such a mess. Yeah. Are you, are you charmed and... Uh, do you find him attractive? Are you like, is he a good romantic lead, Dudley Moore? No, I wouldn't say that I found him attractive so much, but I found okay. him definitely charming for sure. He just was like, yeah. you know, this this super tiny little guy that was just so captivating on screen. You know, like every, he played, truly probably played the best drunk I've ever seen. You know, some people don't do it yeah. very good. And he, he secret, really nailed it. Maybe it's just being drunk. What's the- <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, I think I think that's what Nicolas Cage did for leaving Las Vegas. I think he just was drunk, and I also think that's what Billy Bob Thornton did for Bad Santa. I think you're right. I think the way to play drunk is to just be drunk. Yeah, because Bad Santa, it's like, oh, there's a shot where he's like peeing down his leg, and I'm like, I feel yeah. like there's a chance that he, yeah, he might be just peeing down his. Leg. Yeah, he's really drunk in that film. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He he looked like he just whether he was or he wasn't. I'm kind of inclined to believe that maybe he was, but he just looks so disheveled. Oh, I love that movie too, by the way. That's a good one. I love that movie. What about, so, yeah, because Dudley Moore's an amazing movie star, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. So, such an unusual, and I know, I don't know if you know about him, but, like, he, he had a double act with Peter Cook in England. Do you know any of that? Uh, so when he was in England, he was like a, I suppose they were a double act. They they do kind of sketches and they were mm. very... Peter Cook is this kind of genius, yeah. amazing genius comic brain from British history. And I know that when Dudley Moore went to Hollywood and became a fucking movie star, Peter mm. Cook, who was sort of tall and quite good looking and stuff, was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, how is this happening? I think he was really just sort of horrified. Couldn't Just couldn't get his head around it. Like, right. how is this, this guy gone and made it big in Hollywood? Which is awesome. Yeah, it is. Jenny Johnson, you've been wonderful as expected. However, when you took a corporate Zoom gig, it was a three-hour gig, they paid you handsomely. No one was arguing with the money. Right. But you opened with a joke about how 18-year-olds were unbearable. Yes. They'd muted, they'd muted the Zoom, so you heard no laughter, and you thought, oh, it's probably gone well, but then you, you just, just check, just check the boxes, yeah. and you realise that you'd done a joke aimed at the target of the joke being 18-year-olds to the target itself. Yes. Because the box was filled with 18-year-olds. It's, it's all that was in the audience, yeah. And they stared at you. They started already live-tweeting about it. Yes. This person's been offensive to us immediately, and we've got to sit here. You had two hours and 55 left mm-hmm. to go. You realized your mistake. You thought, I'm going to plow on. I don't want to do crowd work now. I definitely <laughs> def- don't want to do it. You plowed on like a brave soldier. Yeah. Um, but your arm started to hurt. Oh, it started yeah. to hurt. And you started to smell burnt toast or something. Yeah. And uh, you carried on. You bravely carried on. You just sat at your desk. It was fine. You carried on. Two hours, 54 minutes later. You do the setup mm-hmm. to your final joke. You're like, I made it to the finish line. And you said, how many interns does it take <laughs> to change a light bulb? And they stared dead-eyed at you. And you said, one. And before you could finish why it was one, your heart yeah. exploded, exploded. And you fell to the ground. Yeah. And at that point, the interns finally came <laughs> to life and started clapping. <laughs> it was the first time you made any of them smile. Yeah. And, and you saw them all now, stand up. You just saw legs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the gig, the gig finished. The Zoom closed. And no one thought about it ever again. I'm visiting LA. You know what I'm like, <laughs> just on a trip. And I think right. oh, I should check in on Jenny Johnson. I wonder how she is. I'm walking past your house, and I think, what's that smell? It smells like burnt toast. <laughs> and I, I climb in through the window. Don't mind me. <laughs> Uh, there is burnt toast. You'd in fact left the toaster on whilst you were doing your gig and your kitchen is burnt to the ground and so is your so is your body. Your body is a charred mess. And I'm like, bloody hell, what the fuck happened here? But I've got a coffin with me. <laughs> so I look at your charred remains, but fucking hell, it's a mess. So much, so much ash and like you've picked up things and now that like a couple of like insects have infested your corpse and basically it's fucking massive it's much more of you than i was expecting so i'd chop you up into little bits with the one remaining knife that was saved in the fire chop you up into bits put you in this coffin but it's absolutely rammed in there it's it's packed to the hilt very little room all i can do is fit one dvd into the side for you to take across to the other side and on the other side it's movie night every night and one night it's your movie night what film are you taking to show everyone in heaven when it's your movie night jenny johnson my movie every night all day airplane airplane lovely with exclamation point it comes with me by me and my charred body you and your charred body is taking airplane (laughs) (laughs) jenny johnson you've been amazing is there anything you would like to tell people to look out for to read to watch or to listen to of yours 
in the coming weeks? Uh, of mine the coming weeks, if you want to follow me on all the social media wonderful things at Jenny Johnson, high five, H-I number five on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I post all my upcoming virtual shows, which I will have more of. And people are will, you know, welcome to unmute themselves and uh, <laughs> come along for the ride. Red bongs, do what you like. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I always keep those updated. But other than that, the next thing I have coming up is my second vaccine. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> Yay! Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a treat! Thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you, and for doing. I this. appreciate it. I appreciate you. And thank you to all good your day. listeners and everything. I really, I had a good time. Good. So did I. Have a lovely day. Good night. So that was episode 146. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat secrets and video with Jenny. Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, but don't write about the show. Write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a nice thing to read. It helps the numbers and Maureen really appreciates it. Thank you very much to Jenny for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week. Oh, I've got a cracker of a guest. Such a good guest. I'm keeping it quiet for now. So that is it for now. I very much hope everyone is well. Thank you all for listening. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.